Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. I did think that the music wasn't that remarkable. I don't know how much that... I, I couldn't hum you any of the songs. <sighs> You know, this is a matter of taste. <laughs> I did think her voice was remarkable. Like, that would stop me in my tracks, you know. It's a very, 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 very specific sound. Guys, welcome to Flitzwatcher Podcast. You're about to listen to episode 109. Joining us in the studio today, we have Helen. Hello. Zoe. Hi. And as always, Kobe. Hello. And we are reviewing the 2018 film, Hearts Beat Loud. And if you want to hear more about us or read more about us online, come to our website, flitzwatcher.tv. Visit us and join in the banter with us on Twitter at flitzwatcherpod and head over to iTunes, subscribe to us, review us and share with your friends. All films featured in the podcast were available to stream on Netflix UK at the time of recording. And please be aware there will be spoilers and some language that may offend. Hello film fans, welcome to this episode of Flix Watch Podcast. Joining us today we have Helen and Zoe. If you would like to say hello and introduce yourself to our lovely listeners please. So hello, my name is Helen O'Hara. Um, I write for Empire Magazine where I'm the editor at large and I'm also on the Empire Podcast. And then I write for anybody else who will have me really. I mean, I'm not picky. Um, uh, <laughs> and I've written a couple of books. I wrote one that uh, came out last year on 80s movies. Can you tell us a bit about the 80s movies also? I really want to hear about your millions of marathons you've done over the past, <laughs> past couple of years. I I just did number 21, actually. Whoa. Yeah. That's amazing. Last weekend. It was extremely bad and very, very slow. Um, and like even by my standards, which is pretty <laughs> slow. Um, but it was up in the Lake District, so that was pretty. But yeah, I just, I started, I got the bug. I did one marathon and it became habit forming. Yeah. So just say no, kids. Um, <laughs> and uh, and yeah, here we are. Because I've done one marathon and that for me was like, that's, I think that's a lie. Well, only one yeah, marathon. marathon. Yeah. I've, done, I've done a half and yeah. I don't want to do the half. That. No. I mean, I did 10K once, whatever. <laughs> But, like, those are nice distances, <laughs> yeah. right? A marathon, as you know, is insane. It's crazy. It's insane. And I know, I, I'm a triathlete as well. I know people have done oh, Ironman and stuff like that. Um, but I've, I've done one marathon and I know people who will do lots and lots of Ironman. And I told them about you. And they're like, how many, sorry? In when? So it is genuinely astonishing what you've done. Oh, I think but, it's, it's... but you see, this is the thing. I now meet people who yeah. do way more marathons oh, because are. I go and You're I in meet that club these. now. Yeah, I'm in the. the I, I see that. But like, there are people who do 250 in a year. Yeah. Oh my god! I know a guy who is well north of a thousand. So wow. it's you know, it's I am I am a mere dwarf. By Have you got a favorite one? Yes, Salisbury five four three two one. It's a, it's a gorgeous trail race. So there's hills and lanes and fields and such, but it's just the most beautiful marathon. You you finish up running past Salisbury Cathedral, which oh, is gorgeous. I mean, you can't go wrong with the Gothic no. Cathedral, can you? It's Not at all. And who are you? Um, I'm Zoe Jays, uh, and I am comedy and podcast programmer at King's Place in London, and I'm also 
programmer and producer of the London Podcast Festival, which is coming up in September. So deep in the co- in the podcasting world here in the UK. Uh, yeah, I'm very involved in, in podcasting in the UK. Yeah. <laughs> Too involved. And a podcast mega fan as well. I, I absolutely love, but I'm never not listening to a podcast, except now when I'm well, appearing on, on one, a podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Do you get this thing when people start talking to you and you listen to a podcast quite intently and you're like, oh, human contact or listen to the next five minutes? Yeah, I mean, I'll take like one earbud out and then yeah, put it back in again. And determine if it was if it was required yeah, to exactly. speak to them. Yeah. Uh, we're talking today about Hearts Beat Loud, which is your choice, Helen. It was, yes. So can you tell us why you chose it and give us a two-minute synopsis? I just thought this was really charming, this film. So it's um, it's from director Brett Haley, um, and uh, it's kind of a little film that I think came a bit out of nowhere. Nobody seemed to be psyched about it in advance, really. Yeah. It hadn't got a lot of buzz. And then it just, I think it's charmed everyone I know who's seen it. So uh, Nick Offerman plays a record shop owner who is a single parent uh, to his daughter, who's played by Kiersey Clemens, and she's about to go off to LA to college. He lives, they live in Brooklyn, in Red Hook. And um, and he's kind of spinning out of control a little bit mm-hmm. with the prospect of, of losing her. Uh, meanwhile, his mother, who's played by Blythe Diner, is... Uh, going a little bit senile in her inner old age. She's suffering from dementia. He keeps having to bail her out. Um, Tony Collette is his landlady and there's a little bit of a friss on there. Meanwhile, his daughter is kind of falling in love for the first time with Sasha Lane's character. So there's a lot kind of going on. And it's it's ultimately, a, I think, a film about... Um, about opening up to people and trusting people and and dealing with change and dealing with things we don't want to have to deal with in life and, and figuring out how to kind of get through it anyway, I guess. You missed out the whole bit about the music as well. Oh yeah, there's a lot of music as well. So, yeah. Yeah. This is kind of, it's kind of a musical film in some ways. I mean, there's only what... Four, three there's, or four songs. There's three main songs. And three variations main songs. On yeah. yeah. Um, but basically, he and his he's he's a, a musician from way back. That's why he set up the record store initially, and that was to kind of give a, a stable life to his daughter when she was a baby. Um, and he both he and his wife used to perform. Um, his daughter's also musically gifted, and he and the, the two of them have jam sessions together. And she starts coming up with these love songs, obviously inspired by her new relationship, and and they're kind of inspired to go together. So there's there's the sort of, they're suddenly making the best music of their life just as she's about to move the away. whole way across the country. And so there's a little bit, again, there's a little bit of him trying to hold on to her for that reason as well as just the obvious family connection. Helen, what were your thoughts? So I had never seen this before, but I have vague memories of maybe you saying to watch it. It's all over my Instagram. Yeah. People to watch this film because I don't think enough people have seen it. But yeah. had, it, had it only, it's not long been on in, on Netflix, though, has yeah, it? Yeah, I think literally the day it came it's, on Netflix, I was like, the whole poster is, watch this yeah. film because you need to watch it. And also, I did a top 10 of my films of last year, and this was in the top three. I think it's um, only been on for a couple of months yeah. on yeah, Netflix. Less than that, yeah. yeah. I mean, this this film has me written all over it. I knew, yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, I, I, I thought it was brilliant. I thought it was really charming. Definitely, that is the word of it. And I really like the songs. I really like the characters. Um yeah, it's it's really lovely. Uh, it's also got Ted Danson in it. Being it does. Great. Yeah. So yeah, it's a really great cast. Um, you know, ev- everyone in it is, you know, giving it their all. And, um, you know, it's it's got, it's like a kind of high fidelity, but with a lot more heart in mm. some yeah. ways. Zoe, so. No, I was, I was just going to say, it does feel like one of those 90s music store yeah. movies, like High Fidelity, like Empire Records yeah. or something. Yeah. It's, just, it's, it's got a real 90s feel to it, kind of a nostalgia. What are your thoughts, Zoe? 
Wow. Well, um, I, I watched it for the first time last night. And I honestly, I hadn't watched it because I knew a lot of people had loved it. Um, you included and a lot it had been recommended to me a lot including when it was when it had its theatrical run um but I honestly thought from from the trailer and from the promotional material that it looked a little bit twee which and and I didn't think that I would like it because mm-hmm. it's funny you say about high fidelity high fidelity is one of my favorite films of all time Same. and uh that's I, my favorite book as well I, I I don't know whether I feel like I'd need that you know that edge of cynicism running through a film. I also haven't learnt the lessons of high fidelity. (laughs) I genuinely think it's more important what someone likes than what they're like. I really think that's true. Which is probably why I'm single. Um, But that said, um, I do think this is a delightful film. You know, I'm not not a monster. Um, (laughs) But it's it's perhaps not exactly to my taste. Fair enough. Um, Yeah, I love this film. Um, My main, my only problem with this film is the title. Because someone recommended it to me and said, Kobe, you really like Hearts Beat Loud. I was like, good. And like two days later, I was like, what was that film again? Hearts Beat Loud. Okay, fine, thanks. <laughs> Sorry, what was that film again? Mm. And it just is, even though it's the name of, of, the, of the main song in it, it just kind of falls out of your head yeah, as soon it, as you say it. It's one of those generic y titles yeah. that doesn't really mean anything in yeah. it, so it doesn't stick. It doesn't yeah. stick. And I, I, I genuinely think that might be why this been hasn't taken up as much. Mm. Every, I've recommended it to every single person I've met who. Whether like films or not, people love music. People you don't know. People I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Heartbeat's like, Heartbeat's like, yeah, I can't even say now. Just shouting people on the, on the bus and the tube. And like, what was that? Um, yeah, so I'm, I'm a big fan. I'm a big fan of everyone in this film. Yeah. Kirsty Clements, I, someone reminded me yesterday that she's in Dope, which is one of my favorite films when that came out. Oh. She's, one, she's in the band Oreo with uh, Shemake Moore and Tony Rivoli, um, which is a great film if you haven't seen that. Um, Nick Hoffman, always outstanding. Ted Danson, going through a massive renaissance with Good Place. Mm-hmm. Um, who else? Tony Collette, what else? Yeah, Just seriously. like straight away. Sasha Lane, I saw her in Cameron Post and loved her in that. I haven't seen anything else yet. Oh, she, American Honey is American Honey. Oh, yeah. she's phenomenal. incredible in American Honey. So I'm not seeing that yet. Um, so I just Extraordinary think film. It's just yeah. the confluence of a lot of stuff which is just beautiful. And then you've got the high fidelity thing which uh, the film starts with him being a bit knobbish to a guy who's <laughs> grouchy in yeah, the record exactly. store yeah. for me so I was like yeah I'm in, I'm in like straight away and I was in all the way through to the end yeah. and this film had me made me start playing the guitar again I was like oh, yeah. Wow. I'm like, yeah I've been yeah, I've not picked up for a while so I'm going to start playing That's awesome. yeah I mean you're talking about why you're single I'll tell you why I'm single and it's because I'm basically waiting for like Nick Offerman in this film I have a, I have a long long standing weakness for men in plaid shirts um, which is genuinely debilitating and then he's got that streaky beard also amazing yeah, yeah. and that vo- his voice yeah. I mean that should be a controlled yeah, substance that absolutely. is not right man he's goofy and stern at oh. the same time and he's like the perfect dad as well there's one one scene well <laughs> Well, not the perfect guy. Obviously, he's buying, he's buying an expensive kit when he shouldn't be doing and trying to tell his kid not to go to college mm. be, when they're going to be a doctor and, and lots of money in the States. Um, but there's that one one thing that I love each time I've seen it is when he asks um, Sam, played by Kirsty, if he's got a girlfriend and she kind of falters a bit and he goes, what, boyfriend? And you just know they've had that conversation. Yeah. And for him, it's not, for them, it's just not been a problem at all. That's just like, I want you to be super happy. And I really love that. Um, that nooks of the of the story and that, of yeah, that relationship. Yeah, that's one. Of the, I think the things I really liked about this film how how understated it played things like that. You know, she, you know, whether whether she's gay or bisexual, it's just not an issue in the film. It has yeah. that thing that like Shit's Creek has, where it just exists in a world where like that is not an issue. Yeah. Um. You know, the fact that uh, 
you know, he was in a mixed race relationship and, yeah. you know, that his daughter's been, just not an issue. Doesn't, never comes up. Yeah. No one ever talks about it. Yeah, and it's, I think it's, that's fantastic. Why, why should it? It's not relevant to the plot like, of this yeah. film. It's how life works yeah. Yeah. for most people. I also think it's a really interesting kind of generational film because he is the, as you, kind of as you've alluded to, he is the irresponsible one here. He's the one who's sort of wants to what stick it to the man by telling her not to go to UCLA <laughs> and study medicine. You know, he's the kind of he's the guy who's spending money foolishly and still dreaming of kind of musical success. And she's the one with her head screwed on, and she's the one with her. You know, it's it's kind of it's all the things that people say about millennials proven wrong, I feel like, yeah. you know, because I feel like they are the hardest working generation and they are super clued up and super savvy. And and the rest of us are just kind of looking at them in astonishment and then bitching about avocado. So <laughs> I just think she's phenomenal in this. I just think she's such a role model yeah, <laughs> for absolutely. us older people and for her dad, honestly. I feel like he he kind of learns from her rather than the, the, the other way around. Yeah, so like we've already said, the kind of gender and sexuality aren't made a point. And also... The fact that you've you've kind of got a potential romance story between people who are what in in their four, late forties, maybe fifties. Fifties, yeah. I would have it's thought, kind yeah. of like it's a realistic relationship. You know, he's not paired up with someone who's That's clearly true. twenty yeah. years younger yeah. than him yeah. or anything like that. And you know, they're both in the situation where you know things have changed and they're now single and they're kind of they're figuring things out as well as adults. The only thing that annoyed me. Sure. Was that no way would you be able to have afforded that apartment selling records? Rent control, they yeah. said. That's how they kind of get around it. Yeah, yeah, get around it. Yeah, I thought that was his mum's apartment was rent control. So she she didn't want to move. Uh, his mum, yeah, his mum's apartment is. But let's just assume. His let's is assume as well. that they live in yeah. a rent controlled universe. Yeah. I, yeah, I did. I did have the same thought actually because you know some of the money stuff was not entirely realistic. Was <laughs> yes. It? I want to talk about Ted Danson a bit. In this. Yeah, do please do. Um, he was one of those people that kind of went into a mire for me. And then when The Good Place started, it's like, Ted Danton is like the best person ever. What about yeah. Bored to Death? Did you not watch that? I didn't watch that, it's no. brilliant. He, he was also in CSI Crime Scene Investigation for a while. <laughs> was he, he? He was, yeah. So Which which city? Uh, Vegas. So <laughs> after Grissom left, uh, they, so, um, is that, I don't know, is that? There was um, is that some Morpheus. Accolade? was in for a bit and then Morpheus yeah um, Lawrence Fishburne Lawrence Fishburne (laughs) I thought Sandman (laughs) which didn't didn't quite work and then just before it died a bit of a death Ted Danson came in and um, did he revitalise in any way I mean it was it kind of died after Grissom left unfortunately but it was kind. he kind of brought a little bit of Ted Danson-ness to the role and seeing him then with his very very white hair yeah he just kind of has this sort of sparkle and, and magic and I kind of like how he sort of embraced his agedness yeah. and not kind of, you know, tried to stay youthful. He's kind of become like this yeah, he's white amazing. wizard. Yeah, yeah. He seems to me to be having the best time of his life at the moment. Yeah. And when he appears on, no, I think the biggest one is when he's in Kirby Enthusiasm, whenever yeah. he's in those episodes, he's always having like the best time as well. Yeah. Um, I think he and Mary, Mary Steenburgen are just yeah. absolute... Yeah. Couples goals, oh aging God. goals, like and everything. Such babes, the pair of them. Such babes. Yeah. Um, Kirsty Clements has got a great singing voice. I, mm. She does have a lovely voice. Yeah. I did think though the music wasn't that remarkable. I don't know how much that. I I couldn't hum you what? any of the songs. <gasps> what? But, you know, this is a matter of taste. <laughs> I did think her voice was remarkable. Like that would stop me in my tracks. You know. It's a very, 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 very specific sound. 
What? Like what? Though? It's. It is that kind of American social scene kind Mm. of. I thought it was a bit poppier than broken social scene. Yeah, a little bit, but it's got those bits about it, like the rhythms and the the mixing and Mm. the the samples and things. It's a very, very specific sound. One thing that I didn't like is, you know, to skip to the end when they are uh, performing in the record shop, which is, you know, obviously they're, that that's a cinematic trope that happens. I don't know how much it happens in in reality, but it seems you know it's just the band are just going to play here, sure. And they have like just a few grumpy people who are like oh, not paying attention. Three dollars. And then worth. they do that thing when they all gradually turn around, and then a couple of them start nodding their heads, <laughs> and suddenly there's a crowd of people, and I'm like, I think I would just leave the shop. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't that happen though? That was a trope in in High Fidelity when they played yeah. a beta band, and everyone starts swaying. Yeah, but, and a, like, but he's making a joke about how easy it is to to, to convince people to yeah. buy the beta band. <laughs> I, I quite like that because I didn't feel like it was it was it's not like the, the shop is suddenly mobbed with people no. who have heard them online and are huge fans. I, I felt like it stayed just the right side of fantasy in that in that sense because. Yeah, it wasn't like they were this overnight sensation. No. And people were suddenly, you know, <laughs> coming in droves because they put a sticker outside on the on the on the blackboard. You know, um, so yeah, I, I thought that was all right. I was I was willing to allow it. I was yeah. I was in a good enough mood by that point. I was like, yeah, I'll, I'll let you away with some it. Pro- people it nodding probably their does. Heads. It probably it probably has earned that. <laughs> I think the the key thing here is that they they've got listed on a playlist on Spotify, which means very little in terms of how much they'll actually make from it or anything like that, and. Nick is made up for that. When he, my favorite scenes is when he hears the song played in the cafe. So like, what is this? And he's like the goofiest, happiest person that yeah. runs back home with the with the pies for for Sam. Um, and that just has me like smiling from ear to ear, like that, thinking about that scene. And also the scene before when they when they jam for a bit and he, he forces her to stop doing his homework. This, <laughs> uh, yeah, this actually yeah, terrible dad, but also awesome dad. Um, yeah, oh, it's lovely to see him that enthusiastic. You know, it's it's a side of Hoffman that we don't always see. If you're, you know, mainly yeah. familiar with him from Parks and Recreation, and so it's, it was also very dad energy. Like my dad would go home and make an action plan. That's like a real dad thing to do. <laughs> it is actually. Uh, one thing I also really liked is uh, Tony Collette doing karaoke to Chairlift, which is great. Yeah, that doesn't really happen in movies. What karaoke? The karaoke. Well, that to that song. Mm. It's also, I feel like it's the right level of karaoke. Like she wasn't comically dreadful like Cameron Diaz in My Best Friend's Wedding. Right. Um, and she wasn't like improbably amazing. She was just like, she was good. She would, that is a song that she clearly thought she could sing and she got up and she I, sang it. I do like karaoke in films. What? I'm trying five, to know. Five, 500 Days of Summer. Yeah. When Harry well, Met was- Sally. Oh, yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah that's Although that scene is really upsetting because mm. we have Helen comes back. Lost in translation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was, I was really there we go. I've given you them. <laughs> <laughs> that's I'll, enough. I like this is what probably one of my favorite bands in films, generally. Even more than wow. Sonic Death, even more than SDM at the end of uh, High Fidelity. Wow. They're just a covers band in the end. Yeah, I mean, it's really that's... disappointing that they just end up. It's an interesting one, yeah. I I think if, if, yeah, because we, you know, you could say the commitments, but they're They're because the songs they're playing, you know, and to an extent, then you get the the music biopic stuff. And this is a film about music making specifically. Mm. So you know, something like music and lyric, not music and lyric. Though I do love music and lyrics, lyrics, obviously, Uh, fantastic. Pop goes my heart. um, Come on. I had this discussion on on Facebook the other day with my friends just about the the best fictional uh, bangers in films and the, Pop Goes My Heart was, was sort of number the one. The Wonders. We could do that all day. But, <laughs> and maybe you'd put these at the top of that list, but... I know what it is and I'm trying to remember the name of the film. Oh yeah, yeah. I got it. 
Sing Street. I thought Sing Street. See, I was yeah. going to say Sing that, but one. Kobe says the songs are crap in it. <gasps> I know. See, dare you. This is my. I'm going to put my stall out here again, and I will continue to defend my point. Uh, I love, I love everything about Sing Street. I love the 80s-ness. I love the making the videos. Um, I love the way they go away and like super influenced by Top of the Pops the night before. Yeah. And, become like uh, Aha the next day and Duran Duran but the songs for me just don't hit the mark but I like these the songs, songs I like the songs I mean, I'm, not, I'm not I'm saying obviously please love the songs if you, yeah. if you love them but for me like if I was um, at university or just when I still used to go clubbing and uh, Everything Must Go came on for this I'd be literally bouncing around the room uh, when the kind of hook comes in and stuff like that mm. but for uh, Drive It Like You Stole It I'm like eh, Drive It Like But you wouldn't dance to that you'd only dance to that if you were Eight in 1988 anyway. <laughs> yeah, but it's not It's not whether you dance to or not. It's still, it wouldn't hit me in, I wouldn't think, scroll to Spotify, which songs should I pick? That would never, yeah, I mean, that, that happen zero times That's a period film and they're trying to re- recreate a very specific kind of music in the same way that, that music and lyrics is. Um, uh, this is. This is different. This is sort of like contemporary, this is supposed to be contemporary, credible music. Mm-hmm. And I think her voice is very credible, but I think there's a reason, like, I, I wouldn't buy this album, you know. Um, I did. Um, <laughs> I have not got the vinyl. Aww. Oh, that's so cute. I think the one that really stands out to me, and again, maybe it's just because it's got a, a bit more rawness to it, even though it's had enormous commercial success and won an Oscar. But like, I think Once did it One, really yeah, well for Once me. Is well, more recently, Shallows as well. That wasn't the best song though in the film, was oh, it? Was. Do you not think? No. I mean, there's a lot of great songs on that soundtrack. I, I could talk about A Star Is Born for a long time. I feel like... It's not on Netflix I yet. I think A Star Is Born is a good <laughs> Shallow should have had a second verse. Yeah. It really annoys yeah. me that it doesn't. And yeah, the fact that the shalala, that goes on for like half the song. Yeah, because they don't that, have a second verse. That's yeah. why they need it. Yeah. So musically, I think it's inept. But the song where he dies, <laughs> where oh, no, sorry, we're gonna we're just kind of spoiled. Uh, yeah. I'll never is love again. Is, yeah. yeah, that's yeah. my favorite song in that one. Yeah, I mean that's your "I Will Always Love You," isn't it? But it wasn't. There wasn't in the charts for twenty-eight million weeks. Unfortunately, right. I mean it's interesting. What about "Shallow"? Because it is. It's very much a, a song written for a film, mm. which is why it doesn't have a second verse. Because if they don't need it. <laughs> no, but like I genuinely, I bought that soundtrack. Looking forward to hearing the second verse, extended version. Yeah, I thought I genuinely thought there'd be one because the the guitar comes in really. Everything's the musicality about it, and I'm super impressed that Bradley Cooper did this. But it just doesn't like. Where's the next part, Bradley? I mean, they they, they get all of those. Well, I mean, he didn't write that song. He didn't really. Mark Mark Ronson did, did, and and Lady Gaga. (laughs) But I mean, I think that film is does very well at, at doing. Very convincing, different styles of music. You know, mm. I think I think the the pop songs that Ali comes out with sound like they would chart. You know, they sound like slightly worse Lady Gaga songs, but they are <laughs> but they are credible songs. You know, mm. and I think the music that um, that Jackson Maine is making sounds like that kind of rock music from you know men of a certain age. It all it all totally convinces me. Honestly, I I'm just not bowled over by the music in this film, and I can see that's, I'm in the minority, but... No, that's fine. That's, I, th- I think it probably does have like an impact on how much opinion, you man. enjoy it. Yeah, that's probably it fine. And that's what I think for me for Sing Street. Like I say, everything, 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 everything about Sing Street, loved to bits, um, but it just didn't hit for me with, this, with the songs. Do, and do you guys remember, did you watch Pugwall and Pugwall Summer mm-hmm. when you were kids? No. The Orange Organic. Yeah, yeah. Orange Organic. See, so mm-hmm. I loved those songs. Yeah, I could sing them now, which... We're all going to have a party. Yeah. yeah music, yeah. singing, laughing, dancing. Nobody tell me what to do. No, not me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Brilliant. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. How could you not watch it? It's not in my memory bank. <laughs> it's not there. Brilliant. 
So I love the songs more than I love the Sing Street songs in I mean, if, if, if you want to know more about what we think about Sing Street, we have done an episode on that. <laughs> so yeah. please... Please do visit that. That one. After this. To hear how Kobe doesn't like the songs. Should we head to the scores, guys? Sure. Let's head to the scores. So welcome to the um, spreadsheet of dreams, I like to call it. And... Um, the scores are all out of five. You may have decimal places if you wish. And we will start with you, Helen, with the recommendability, please. Mm. I think this is a super high recommend- recommendability for me. I would. I, I think I'm just going to go five. I mean, I could I could split hairs and say, oh, there's probably some people who won't like it. But to hell with those people, I'm saying yeah. five. Zoe. Zoe, yeah. Well, while I was watching this last night, um, after about 40 minutes, I texted my dad. Uh, to tell him that he would really like it. And then him and my mum started watching it like 10 minutes later. I was like, it's on Netflix. It was about five to nine. They, they watched it. I haven't, I should have asked them what they thought of it, but I, I can guarantee you they loved it. I can guarantee you they loved it. So I think on the basis that I recommended it while I was watching the film, yeah. I'm going to have to give it a five. <laughs> Helen? I mean, should you watch this film? Yes, you should definitely watch this film. And I think if you watch it and... I don't know, you can't make it through an hour and 37 minutes of it and you don't smile once or feel a little bit charmed by it, then you have no soul. <laughs> Maybe you have soul, but you're not a soldier. Yeah, oh, <laughs> beautiful. The killer's uh, callback. It always goes back to the killers. <laughs> don't do that. I'm sorry. I'm really yeah. sorry. Um, so yeah, a five. I mean, it's it's everything that we, we said it is. This... What do you think I'm going to score this as, Helen? I don't know. <laughs> 4.9. Now, this has got to be a five. Oh, my God. This Look is... This is yeah. wow. We should like, have some Whoa. champagne waiting is, on ice yeah. for this moment. Is this the first? No, we did. I did a few fives at the start, willy-nilly, okay. before I started to rein them in. Yeah. And now I have this kind of... Be- so, my benchmark for Look fives is Back to the Future. Because you can recommend oh, that yeah. to everyone at yeah. Reckless Abandon. Sure. And then I've kind of used that as the, as the benchmark. So, But this, I... I can recommend to everyone yeah. and have done. So it's, yeah, it's a stone cold fire for me. I feel uh, like my benchmark on this is Hunt for the Wilder People yeah. because I have literally recommended it to probably tens of thousands of people. Mm-hmm. Well, you have point. them via the media via podcast. The, via the podcast. <laughs> yeah. And I think I've had one person who liked it but didn't love it. And that is the most negative feedback I've had on that film. Yeah. So that that's kind of my, yeah. That's my my only negative feedback was that on that was I preferred once... What we do in the shadows over as a Taika Waititi film. I mean, that is, a, and that's the that's the only. Yeah. Hair that's split. not a criticism. No, that's, that's not really Wow. I mean, I, th- I think I've come to the point where maybe when I was younger, I used to like films that were maybe a bit more angry and violent, and now I've. <laughs> well, Fight Club's one of your favourites, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, but also, I mean, there, there's loads of really bad things happening in the world, yeah. and you know, just to watch a film with like nice things happening that doesn't make you feel really bad is is a nice thing to spend an hour and a half doing and more, more <laughs> you know it's it's because nice to have today. films like that yeah, yeah. Um, and nice but and, not saccharine yeah because yeah. there are things I mean the um, dementia storyline as well and, and death as well death there's, as well yeah. you know there's all those kind of things but it's you know played really well yeah. uh, repeat viewing scores um, Helen I'm actually going to go five again on this because I had no hesitation in watching it again. And I feel like I'm likely to watch it 
repeatedly. It's one that is going to be, I can, I feel like it's going to be one of those films like Captain America, the first Avenger that I will just put on. <laughs> yes, really. That I will just put on on a Friday night. Cause I'm like, I know I'm going to have a nice time when I watch this yeah. and I know it's going to kind of relax me. And that's not, to, I, I don't mean that as faint praise and saying like it's unchallenging or it's, you know, you know, again, saccharin or, you know, overly sugarly, but I just want, sometimes I just want a film that I know will be good and have good people doing good things or trying to. Put you in a happy place. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Zoe. Um, Well, I mean, I did, I did think it was very sweet, Um, but sort of like a lot of films like this, I can't imagine a circumstance where I would ever watch it again. I didn't love it while I watched it. And though I thought it was sweet, I thought there were, I thought it was a little bit cheesy. I thought there were some platitudes in there. I thought, you know, the chemistry with between like Sasha and, and Kissy was really great, but I didn't like Tony Collette and Nick Offerman very much. And I particularly didn't like him turning up at her door and how entitled he was. And I think he got away with that pretty lightly, to be honest. Um, so I don't think I'll ever watch it again. I, I didn't hate it, but so I guess one. Sorry. One there. Honestly, don't apologize for your <laughs> uh, Helen. So I've only seen this once. Um, I would definitely watch it again I'd, and I'd probably watch it you know quite a few times mm. um, I, I really liked it it's the kind of thing that I, I like to watch repeatedly it's kind of like got that indie kind of vibe about it and um, and the, the, you know the, the record things like, I really like the bit where um, she says you, you know you can't sell it's rain dogs isn't it yeah you for can't $3. sell it for $3 yeah. and like I'm like I wish I was there. Yeah, I'm, I could get all these records. Exactly, for $3. I was thinking that. I haven't got a record player. I buy but them all. I haven't got a record player, but yet I bought the record vinyl for Hearts Beat Loud, and I would just go in that store and <laughs> get like a washing basket and put all these records in there. Yeah, it's definitely if you if you have that thing for vinyl and and music, then it, you know it's it's going to have that kind of thing and get its claws I into. I think they weren't just very obvious choices. I mean, you could have showcased. I, I don't think that is the kind of stuff that. In like a real record shop, they'd be a lot more esoteric than that, wouldn't they? Around like and like animal heard of collective, none of those, like would you really recommend that to be like? It is a great Ooh. album. Yeah, but like it's a really big album. Um, I don't know. Is it in America though? Maybe not. Maybe. It's the same way in that the the beat the beta the beta band the beta band, band are not yeah. particularly big in America as big anyway. We're digressing into sorry digress, M- digress away. Sorry. Um, so four. Go for four. Um, five. Boom. Seen it four times in like four months. Have you? Yeah, loved it. Um, <laughs> went to, <laughs> so I saw it like October last year. No, maybe November last year. Um, and then went to on holiday to New Zealand on the way to stay to my uh, in-laws house in Melbourne. And I was like, guys, you need to watch Hearts Be Loud. And they went straight away to look at it and watched it then. Watched it when I came back and then watched it like last week. And again, I was just like, each time I was like, this is magnificent. I'm going to watch it again every a few yeah. times a year, I'm sure, for a long time. Surprised you didn't pick it for our special. It wasn't out then. Oh, okay. That's fine. Um, small screen score. I mean, I, I don't feel like it suffers from the small screen. Uh, you know, it's it's not a, you know, and I don't mean this in a pejorative way, like it's going to sound. It's not a it's not a beautifully shot film. It's, it's very well shot. It mm-hmm. does the job, but it's basically people in rooms talking for the most part. Occasionally people go outside and talk. But that's all it is. Um, so there's no sort of, you know, sweeping vistas of magnificent whatevers. Um, so yeah, I think I think it's fine on the small screen. I, it, it's ridiculous. I'm, I've got this string of five so far. Maybe I'll just put a four just for the sake of, you know, being different. <laughs> put, you can put, put, bring put, all the five. You know what? Everybody wants you to put a five. I can tell. I'm just going to put a five. I don't care. <laughs> put a five. Uh, Zoe. 
Um, absolutely. I mean, I think this is a, a perfect film to watch at home, you know, and uh, I don't think it'd suffer at all. In fact, I think it'd probably be a, a slightly more pleasurable experience watching it at home than in the cinema. Mm. Um, I think there's some really lovely... Some of the things I really liked about this film are kind of the, the quieter moments, particularly between Sasha Lane and Kiersey Clemens. I think that beautiful speech that, that Blythe Danner gives, um, really gorgeous about meeting her husband. Mm. All of that was really lovely. And I think... Um, it's quite televisual, you know, in, in how it's shot. So I'll give it four. Helen. So I know we've said this before, and I know that you'd seen this film um, and recommended it, but this was completely not on my radar. I don't know when it came out. I don't know if it came out at the cinema. And it was like in for a week. Wasn't yeah, it? it did. It was very small release. So very small I think it was a Sundance release. It was a Sundance, yeah. And I, I still, I, I, I think the title has a big part of why it just didn't really connect with people here. Um, but yeah, sorry again. And so, I mean, I loved it. It was great. And if it hadn't been on Netflix, then I probably never would have seen it. And mm. if you hadn't picked it, then it still might have been there. Even Although, though I recommended it. Even <laughs> though it was on my Instagram. <laughs> two separate posts. I don't remember seeing it. Well, it's not this there. I'm sure Instagram Have algorithm. you muted yeah. him? <laughs> <laughs> he keeps talking about this weird film with a weird title. Um, so it is really great when people come on and pick these films that we've never heard on. And, you know, they're, they're these great little films that probably hardly anyone's seen. And, you know, it's it's really nice to come across things that you're like, this is really good. Why didn't I know about it? Um, so, yeah, it's there. It's on Netflix. And, yeah, it's, it's, it's fine to watch on your TV so far. But, yeah, it's the fact. It's there. Go and watch it. And it's on Netflix. I think your last time Zoe's on, you chose The Squid and the Whale. I did, yeah. Which, oh, good movie. Which is, is another perfect for Netflix. I'd yeah. never seen it before. And one of your favourite films, Helen. But you didn't know it was on Netflix because the algorithm kind of... Uh, and our, we think our algorithms are skewed by the mm, I biggest bet. variety of films yeah, that people bring yeah. here. Um, so it's, it's, even if your favourite film's on there, Netflix might not know to present it to you. So it's, it's super cool that yeah. you guys come in. I've started trying to rate more things on there in the right. hope that it begins to like know to who I am. Put mm. some nonsense away. Yeah. It did say this was a 96% match for me. Oh, wow. Which is pretty high. Yeah. <laughs> it's weird, isn't it? Because I think I, I still see, I think most things at the cinema. I go to the cinema a lot and I, I do watch a lot of stuff. On, I watch a lot of horror on Netflix and a lot of, a lot of romantic comedies depending on what mood I'm in. Mm. Sure. It tends to skew one or the other way. So, um, This for me is, I'm going to go 4.9 here. <laughs> and I'm, it's only dropping up 0.1 it's because I think you're exasperated. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I, I, would love to see this at the Prince Charles Cinema and for them to let people dance around in the aisles when the songs come on. And that's, for that one particular scenario, I yeah. would like to, I'd like that to Do you happen. know, we're thinking of, because we're not a cinema at King's Place, but we have the most spectacular acoustic in Hall 1 and we're thinking of ways that we might be able to show, maybe film specifically where the soundtrack is the thing that you would go and see it mm. for. Yes. Maybe, maybe we could show it for you, Kobe. Oh. Do it, do it. Yeah. You could do it with the double bill with high fidelity. Oh, oh yes. Oh, good lord. I mean, that would get me on board. Yeah, let's do it. Okay. Um, let's do it. Let's tie with, with Nick and Kiersey and Sasha and Ted and Tony get more and Blythe. <laughs> get more when down. they happen to be here at the same time, sure. we'll organize sure. it. We'll organize it. <laughs> Amazing. Um, engagement score. Yeah. So this is, I mean, like, okay, if I was reviewing this for Empire, which I didn't, um, it, I would probably give it a four star overall, right? But I am going to give it another five here. So I'm going to have a straight run of fives. Just because on these criteria, 
I feel like it's a five star film. I didn't I didn't look away. I mm-hmm. wasn't tempted to look at my phone. I just watched the movie. Um, even at home, even for a second time, you know, even though I'd seen it before, I wasn't distracted. And uh, and it so it it on this criteria, it's a it's a five. Yeah, so, yeah. You can only play to the to the rules that we've exactly. been given. Yep. Uh, Zoe, uh, I think I was very engaged to start with, and I think a lot of that is because I I didn't know a huge amount about the cast, so I was going, oh. It's Tony Collette. Oh, it's Blythe Danner. Oh, it's Ted Danson. And that that's very, you know, this is amazing. Um, and then I think I did look at my phone a little bit and I think I did get a little bit You did Shazamming, didn't you? Shazam to get the soundtrack. The soundtrack. For sure. That's allowed. For sure. That's, that's extra engagement. <laughs> um, so, I, I mean, I'll give it a three. Uh, I did a bit of ironing. <laughs> Just remember. Ironing to the I music. I a couple of shirts. Yeah. Oh, that's fine. I feel like that's reliable. Um, I should point out this is an hour and 37 minutes which is a very very good runtime. lovely length for a film perfect yeah, it's a good length um, I mean it's it's really nice it really zips along really nicely although I would say you don't have to be 100% engaged mm. in it because you know it's the kind of film it is it's it's kind of like quite laid back and it's like yeah just, just you know, come along for the vibes um, and yeah uh, yeah, I did do a little bit of an IMDb dive, so I can't give it five, but I will give it a 4.5. We're trying to work out who Blythe Anna was, what she no, was looking for. Like um, Gwyneth Paltrow's mum. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone knows who she is. She's Gwyneth Paltrow's mum. Yeah. 4.5. I think I was more intrigued to, to kind of know a little bit more about the song as well and 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 a bit about that. Um, I'm going to go for five here. Shocking. Um, <laughs> this is, if I could go high, we could... I would do because I was actually like me and my wife like dancing when the song when the song's coming. Um, and it sounds like fun at your house. It is for this for this film. It is. I was ironing. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, love it to bits. Um, and this gives us an overall score of four point four six, which is super high, but not the highest. It's not the highest, is it? Entering into the top three, is it just outside? I think it might be my. Let's do a quick. I'll go to our website quickly um, whilst. Because we've got the scoreboard yeah. there. So um, for the for the the champion at the moment, the record holder is when Harry met Sally. Oh, oh yeah. well, obviously, I mean, that's, that's I do fair. it five. Um, yeah, which without a question was it knocked what we do in the shadows off. But that was number one for what a good, a good over a year. Over a year. Yeah, I can't so, imagine anything would be able to knock when Harry met Sally off. So um, that was very very big score. Um, so. Yeah. Oh, look at that. The top Ooh, few so, at the moment yeah. are When Harry Met Sally's at the top. Um, <laughs> wow. To All the Boys I Love Before wow. is second after that. And What We Do in the Shadows is third. Seven is fourth. And then there's a few <laughs> 4.5s areas. So it's, this is going to be yeah. top wow. 10-ish. Top 10. Wow, yeah. awesome. So it, it, this it's is the first time bag, we've uh, shown the, the, the chart in, <laughs> in order. So this is like a sneak preview you've seen here. Yes, go to our our website flickswatcher.tv forward slash scoreboard and you can see all yeah you can you can choose all the parameters and do the filters and see uh, where the different films rank for engagement score specifically overall score uh, recommendability score and stuff like that so um, should we head to the Twitter yeah let's uh, head over to Twitter so um, if you are following us on Twitter then um, look out for these because when we're doing a recording we will Post a little tweet. Um, this with a GIF as well. Yeah. Um, so it's <laughs> that um, is a precious gift. Something you can um, look out for, and we'll be saying we're reviewing. In this case, we're reviewing Hearts Beat Loud. Uh, hashtag Hearts Beat Loud with Zosra and Helen Lohara 
Uh, have you seen it? I just thought I'd go for a way of saying that. Yeah, do it. Uh, tell us your thoughts for an on-air shout-out. Um, so, um, Helen, would you like to read the first one for that? Yeah, sure. So, from Joe J. Cast. Judge Cast. Judge Cast, I'm sorry. So, from Judge Cast, um, we have, we love this film and still can't get the songs out of our heads. We felt it dealt with the themes of loss and change with an emotional punch and nuance. This is the type of film that we want to see more of. Also, set anything in a record store and we're on board. 4.25 stars from us. So, Judge Cast are the people that chose uh, When Harry Met Sally. So, I think oh, that oh, they underplayed the score yeah. a bit there to yeah. make sure yeah. they didn't get knocked off there. So, <laughs> yeah. I think. You guys will be a top five. You, it should be five from you guys. Um, Zoe, should I give you top film tip? Uh, <laughs> sure. This is a very alliterative review. On cusp of change, Scholastic Songstress and Dulcet Dad collaborate to turn their emotional conundrums into melodic creations, earnest in affecting gentle drama, lighting conflict, but packing some big heart, heartfelt peon to songwriting. And that's four guitars out of five hearts, which is an interesting rating system. It is. I'm more yeah. down with emojis. You're not down with emojis? No, I am. Oh, okay. I like them. Cool. Top film tip, uh, friend of the show. Been on here a few times. Um, Helen, do you want to take the next one? Oh, it's a bit of a, a, bit of a fractured oh, one. Oh, I'm, so. I'm going to go to... So some people just posted their links to their reviews, which right. I'm not going to allow. Uh, <laughs> definitely cheating. It is cheating a bit. Let me just say what that line is there. Okay. Um, so uh, Brandon Stanwyck says, Hearts Beat Loud it was one of my favourite films of last year. He gives it four out of five. Yeah. Um, last one is from the IMDB Journey podcast. A sweet, heartfelt drama with some quality music and solid performances. And they've gone for four stars. Fantastic. All seems fair. Lovely. Yeah, I think yeah. it ties in with what we've been saying. Um, Helen and Zoe, can you tell us where we can find you online? And um, then we'll say goodbye to, to Jasper and, and whoever, whoever else is listening. Um, so, yeah, so I'm on Twitter at Helen L. O'Hara, um, or you can find me on the Empire Podcast every week and occasionally in the King's Place doing a live podcast. So look out for us there. Uh, you can find me online uh, on Twitter at Zozrat. Um, yes, um, more more generally, you can find me at King's Place if you want to. I'm usually there. Uh, and, and if you go to kingsplace.co.uk, you can see all of our fantastic uh, music and spoken word programming, including the comedy and podcast that I program. And the London Podcast Festival is coming up in September. Uh, Empire will be there. So come and join us. Join is, that, us both. is that verified? Is that is that online I, I exclusive? Mean, yeah, it's a yeah. We we, we, we love a, them. Yeah. Hopefully, you know. It's exclusive. Exclusive. Yeah. Exclusive. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Uh, thank you very much for coming on, guys. It's been it's been great. Thank Thanks you. Thanks for coming on. Cheers. Bye. Bye. Enjoy listening to Flix Watcher podcast. Make sure you're subscribed wherever you listen to your podcasts. Why not leave us your five star review on iTunes? and follow us at FlixWatcherPod on Twitter. Thanks a lot to Brendan for your sublime editing skills. Uh, really appreciate it. Um, thank you also to the mighty people who kindly gave us the tunes that you can listen to, that you're listening to right now. 